When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Scottish Sun Sports Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor and joining me is the esteemed Kenny MacDonald. Kenny, Celtic get back on winning track against Ross County, 2-0. Aberdeen, of course, play Inverness tonight. Lee Griffiths again on the map for Celtic. How crucial do you think it is that Ronnie Dyla keeps Griffiths fit for the rest of the season? Well, I've said before, Derek, that without Lee Griffiths, Celtic and their supporters would be in a very different mood at the moment. He's been crucial to them all season. He will be player of the year for this season, quite correctly. And if, and let's hope it doesn't happen, he was to get injured or less likely suspended, Celtic do not have an ideal replacement. Colin Kazim Richards has come into the club but is still unproven. And certainly no one on the books suggest they would be able to score with the kind of regularity that Griffiths has this season. Tierney now with the cross. Strong play in the middle there by Johansson giving the chance to Lee Griffiths to volley home the opener and ease all the tension around Celtic Park. Are you surprised that Dyla has allowed the January transfer window to shut without, on the face of it, adequate cover for somebody like Griffiths? I think he has shown an element of naivety by just assuming that Lee Griffiths will always be there. And bear in mind, Lee Griffiths was, took a lot to convince Ronnie Dyla that he was the man to be up front for Celtic. And I think, yes, they should have. Ronnie Dyla will argue that they brought in Colin Kazim Richards, who has a reasonable goal-scoring record, most of it in Europe. But I still think there are other people that Ronnie Dyla could have moved for. Stephen Fletcher is the name that keeps on coming and won't go away. But... Someone of Lee Griffiths standard is going to be hard to find. And I think Celtic could... If, if Lee Griffiths was to get injured, Celtic would rue not making a similar move during the January window. And Griffiths, as you well know, being the style of striker he is, he's not somebody that just stays in the box. He's all action, good movement. So you, you would think, although, as you say, you, you hope that there's not an injury for him, his style of game leaves himself open to muscle pulls or muscle strain or hamstrings, you know? Well, he is all things. I mean, he can score all types of goals. He can create a fair number of goals as well. And really, to go back to my first point, if Celtic were to lose him for any reason whatsoever, then I don't know where the replacement would come from and I don't know where the goals that Griffiths has scored so regularly this season would come from either. Contrastingly, Adam Rooney at Aberdeen, some would argue he's every bit as important to Aberdeen as, as Griffiths is to Celtic. How do you feel Aberdeen would cope if, a worst-case scenario, they were to lose him for a period of time? Well, the, the thing that kind of puzzles me about Aberdeen striking is that at the start of the season, Adam Rooney wasn't in the team when they were playing in the European games. He came in at the team, has scored goals pretty much regularly since then, apart from when the team was struggling in, in the autumn. 18 goals in 33 games, I think it is, which is a terrific return. 
I was puzzled by the fact that Derek McInnes let David Goodwillie leave during the January window on loan because, again, you have to assess what you have in front of you and you have to be prepared for things going wrong. That's good management. If Adam Rooney was to get injured, where is the replacement? He's playing for Ross County. So hmm. it puzzles me. That, that move puzzled me. You could argue David Goodwillie hasn't, been a, hasn't had particular success in the first six months of the season. But I just think it was an odd thing to let him go, let him leave. A good point you make at the start of the season. He was in and out of the team, and such an important player for Aberdeen. Do you feel it's as, as straightforward for for both Celtic and Aberdeen keeping either of their top strikers fit is absolutely critical for their title hopes? Well, I think it's certainly critical for Aberdeen mm-hmm. because they lose Rooney, and again, there's nobody going to come in and score with the kind of uh, regularity that he has. I mean, if, if Aberdeen scored two or three goals, you anticipate him scoring one or two of them, mm-hmm. as happened in the last game against St. Johnson when he scored a couple. You know, he's crucial to Aberdeen's hopes of winning the title. I don't think they will win the title, but to have any chance at all, they have to have him in the team and scoring goals. I suppose Celtic have brought in Kazim Richards, who is a recognisable striker. Aberdeen have brought in Simon Church. I don't think he's quite is recognised as a front man so it's it's an interesting uh... he's also unproven Simon Church I know he had a great debut but you know we've seen plenty of guys come up from the lower leagues in England with all due respect to Simon Church and Derek McInnes who knows that market well we've seen all sorts of guys coming up from English football and toil badly in the SPFL uh, so I don't think you can suddenly expect Simon Church to hit the ground running and score a lot of goals for Aberdeen it'll take him time to adapt Ross County on Saturday, Kenny, you know Jim McIntyre very well. Outstanding job this season. But since the tremendous semi-final triumph over over Celtic, they've suffered a few defeats. How do you think Jim will view that? I think he will be delighted to be in the in the cup final. I think he, he is aware of what he has there. There's possibly an element of punching above your weight. Yes, they're having a bit of a dip at the moment, but I still think they're a decent team. Well coached, good management structure. A much happier camp than there has been in Dingwall in previous seasons. So yeah, they're having a dip, but every club has a dip. They're still fourth in the table, which I think is terrific going for a team from a town the size of Dingwall. Absolutely. Aberdeen, it's over to them now. They go to Inverness tonight, they're three points behind. But, you know, potentially this week they could put some serious pressure on Celtic. If they win tonight and then also Friday night against Partick Thistle, big opportunity for, for Aberdeen. Do you envisage them winning both tonight and Friday night? I think if they could, if they got six points, as you say, it's uh, it's very much game on in the title challenge. I'd be surprised if they got six because I think Inverness tonight will be a difficult game for them. And I think if they got a draw there and they were to beat Partick Thistle on Friday night, four points out of six isn't a bad reward. Six out of six would be terrific, but I think it might be asking a bit much because Inverness can make it tough for most teams. But they've made it tough for Aberdeen already this season. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. You were at Motherwell Kilmarnock on Saturday. Very good win for Kilmarnock. I mean, another good result for caretaker Lee McCulloch. Are you surprised that McCulloch, A, hasn't particularly shown an interest in keeping the job, which we know obviously is going to Lee Clark. Do you, know, do you think that he deserves credit for what he's done in his two games? I think he's done terrifically well in the two games. You know, if you'd said 10 days ago to Kilmarnock supporters, you'll go to Rangers and draw and be the better team, 
and you'll win very comfortably at Motherwell to overtake them at the, for the second bottom spot. They'd have been absolutely thrilled at that prospect, but that's how it's panned out. I've seen both games, Rangers away and Motherwell away. Kilmarnock were the better team in both matches. I expect them to give Rangers another difficult game in the cup replay. I'm not altogether surprised that McCulloch doesn't fancy the job. He has his own reasons. He will be a, I think he'll be a good assistant to Lee Clark because Lee Clark, with respect, doesn't know the Scottish market. Lee McCulloch has shown enough in these two games that he can get a team organised and getting them up for difficult games. So I think he'll be valuable to Lee Clark when he, when he starts in the job. This is Stephen Smith. Dangerous ball across, there's Kilty! Kilmarnock have the opener, and Greg Kilty is the man who's won that ball with such great determination. I mean, Lee Clark's a good name, he's got a, a good football pedigree as a player and a coach, but are you surprised Kilmarnock have gone with, say, a Lee Clark? With the greatest of respect to him, it strikes me as a left field. That's exactly the phrase. I had a conversation with Graham Alexander on Saturday night, who was interviewed for the job on Friday, and he asked me what my thoughts about Kilmarnock were, because Graham obviously has spent all of his playing and managerial career in England. And I said, that was the phrase I used, I said, they are, they are prone to left-field appointments. Graham Alexander would have been a left-field appointment, never having worked in this country. Lee Clark is the same. Some of them have worked in the past, some of them have worked short-term in the past. I think Lee Clark's managerial record is spotty. I think we can forgive him what went wrong at Blackpool because that club was a basket case. But in his two previous managerial jobs, he was sacked. So the jury is out. But let's face facts, if he gets Kilmarnock to finish 10th in the SPL this season, he's been a success. They're keeping ahead of Dundee United, of course, and you know Dundee United at Hamilton on Saturday. 0-0 on the face of it, you're thinking, is probably not enough. But then Kamashima saves a last gas penalty from Ali Crawford. Now Emery driving towards a penalty box. Oh, taken down there by Peyton. That's a penalty! A rash challenge by Paul Payton and Doogie Emery knew exactly what he was doing here. Chance for Crawford to win the match for Hamilton. Oh, it's a fine save by Kawashima. What an opportunity for Crawford. Could that yet be a, a pivotal moment for Dundee United or do you think they're doomed? I think it's meaningless. I, I think they're doomed. I don't think there's enough quality there to get them out of the the position they are in. Arithmetically, they're not doomed, and after the split, they will be playing Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Partick Thistle probably, Hamilton Ackies, all teams who have struggled this season. So, it's not beyond the realms of possibility they could have a, a freak run of results and performances and get out of it, but it's asking an awful lot, and I don't think there's enough quality in the squad. Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. <laughs> And that was another bad defeat for Motherwell on Saturday and of course the fall again to you know to second bottom. Should Motherwell fans be particularly concerned or is this just a blip under Mark McGee at the moment? Well I think it's more than a blip when you're second bottom of the table for the second time in 12 months. I think it's more than a blip. Mark McGee made the point on Saturday that he didn't get the Motherwell job because everything in the garden was rosy. He got the Motherwell job because they were a poor side struggling at the wrong end of the table. They are still a poor side struggling at the wrong end of the table. Now, he'll make the point that he can't work miracles in the space of three or four months. However, December was a terrific month for Motherwell and their supporters. They won at Celtic Park. Mark McGee was the manager of the month for December. 
but the last couple of performances have been really poor. He said on Saturday it was the poorest performance they've had since they took over. I haven't seen them all, but they were certainly very, very poor and thoroughly deserved to lose the game. They now have two really important games at Tannadice Tuesday night, St Johnston on Saturday. They'll need to get something out of them to arrest this slide. St Johnston are a team that they're going through a bad run of form as well and we all know Tommy Wright's a very capable manager you know they've got they host Motherwell on Saturday are St Johnston just one of those sides they're not going down you know obviously they're not challenging for the league they're out the Scottish Cup is it a kind of trying to keep an edge is that a problem for St Johnston at the moment well, Tommy Wright I, I, I take on board what you're saying it shouldn't be because there are what between fourth and eleventh or something like there's a, there's a sixth. Si- yeah, yeah sixth. I mean, but but between fourth and eleventh in the league, there's some, you know, that you could throw a blanket over all those clubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, between Ross County and Motherwell, there's something like what is it, eleven points, twelve points. Ross County like fourth or thirty-three points. Motherwell second, bottom twenty-six. Yeah, so seven so. points between fourth and eleventh. Two or three wins, two or three wins in this stage of the season. And you could suddenly find yourself fourth again and looking at European football, which for St. John's. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's an astonishing achievement. I've said that all along. All it really needs is one of these clubs to go on a little run of form and, and they'll break away from the rest. And St. Johnson have to hope it's them. There's, I mean, as you say, there's a fascinating sequence of fixtures coming up. Dundee go to Kilmarnock on Saturday, and Dundee have picked up form again. Kane Hemmings, 18th goal of the season. Dallying in the ball, robbed well there by Harkins. That's a fine pass for Hemmings. It's a great chance for Hemmings, and he's taken it! His 12th goal in nine matches. Swanson badly cut out. That's a great pass by Harkins, and a superb finish. Tremendous signing for Paul Hartley. Terrific, terrific, and and Paul Hartley deserves a lot of credit. Kane Hemmings was a striker who I think a lot of people had looked at, a lot of people saw his attributes, but were never totally convinced. Paul Hartley went, got him, and he's he's rewarded him fantastically. Greg Stewart was scoring goals at the start of the season, as Greg Stewart's form has dipped. Kane Hemmings has come in and shown what a good striker he is. You know, 18 goals is a terrific return. For a team like Dundee, it's a terrific return. I mean, Adam Rooney will score a lot of goals for Aberdeen mm. because Aberdeen create a lot more chances than Dundee do. But Kane Hemmings has been working off slim pickings and he's done fabulously. Hearts, of course, their game against Partick Thistle was, was postponed at the 11th hour waterlogged pitch. They have the, the little matter of a Scottish Cup fifth round replay tomorrow night against Hibs. 
How do you see that one going? I think again it will be like the first game. I think again it will be tight. It wouldn't surprise me if extra time is required. Like all derbies, it's really too close to call. I mean, they're, they're two forum sides. Do Hearts have an advantage because they didn't have their game on, on on Saturday? You could argue possibly. Hibs disappointing result at Livingston. So, but I mean, there are so many imponderables. It could just take one player to rise up to the occasion. A Jason Cummings. You know, a doubter of uh, of hearts. You know, it could ju- it could just take one thing like that, and uh, suddenly you have a hero in the captain. You'd have to expect Hibs are going to be more up for it than they were at Livingston on Saturday, which was clearly was a shocker given the Rangers setback at Ireland. Well, I mean, it was a great opportunity for Hibs, and I mean, Alan Stubbs, I saw him on television after the game, conceding that a point had been entirely what Hibs deserved. But in his heart, he will know that was an opportunity missed and he'll be looking for his side to bounce back, show a bit more tomorrow. Who would you go for, Kelly Rangers? Who would you say has got an edge in that one? Your gut feeling is still for Rangers because they have at heart better players than Kilmarnock. But Kilmarnock, I thought, were really impressive when they played at Ibrox and I thought they were impressive enough on Saturday against a poor Motherwell side. You also have this thing about managers coming in and suddenly getting an instant reaction. Will Lee Clark walk in the door and take his team past Rangers and into the Scottish Cup? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there are all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, getting getting Kilmarnock into the sixth round of the Scottish Cup by beating Rangers in your first game in charge is a good thing to have in your CV. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Kilmarnock beating Rangers. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. <laughs> Kenny Rangers at Alloa on Saturday. I was I was at the game, and it'd be harsh to say that Rangers didn't play well. They they totally dominated the game. weren't as clinical as they should have been. But you know, for Alloa, another terrific result against Rangers. They seem to like playing Rangers. Megginson with a corner kick. Jason Mars header, and Alloa have the lead. A real shock to Rangers. A fine header. Well, I was at the game earlier in the season at uh, the Indodrill Stadium between Alloa and Rangers, and Alloa, although they lost, gave a really good account of themselves. And as you say, I saw the highlights on television. I enjoyed Jason Marsh scoring a goal, giving his mum a cuddle, and then being booked by the referee. Now, if ever there's a law that needs looked at, if you can't give your mum a cuddle, then uh, what kind of world are we living in? You know, I enjoyed that moment. But no, I mean, Alloa, I mean, they're a, they're a perfect, I've seen them a couple of times this season, they're a perfectly functionable side. Like Livingston at the bottom of the league, you know, they try and play good football. Jack Ross has got a difficult job there, I think that everybody accepts that. But they got a point on Saturday and they'll be delighted with that because it's one they would never have imagined coming. This is Tavernat. Back to O'Halloran. That's the equaliser, a very sharp finish from Michael O'Halloran. And Rangers now are on level terms. What did you make of all the fuss over the pitch? I mean, was it something over nothing as far as you were concerned? Or did Mark Warburton have grounds? No, I don't think he did. I think they're here to stay, whether Mark Warburton likes them or not. I thought the PFA's remarks about them last week were fatuous. I think the SFA were absolutely right to slap them down for their tone of their remarks. But slightly embarrassing for Fraser Bush at that. Well, I thought he handled it really, really, really poorly. You know, his members play on these pitches. A lot of his members play at clubs where every penny is a prisoner. I think his the whole pontificatory nature of his comments were completely ill-judged. They're, as I say, they're here to stay. If clubs don't like playing on them, and I know, for instance, Stephen McLean at St Johnston doesn't play or train on them, and that's a shame for him, but we don't live in a climate 
where you can guarantee perfectly lush grass parks all season. At this time of year, grass parks are showing signs of wear and tear. Call harps to the stand. Two hours after they were telling supporters there was no danger to their game, they had to put it off on Saturday. And would that, that cost them a fortune? That wouldn't have happened had they had an artificial surface. There is at least one other SPL club at the moment investigating, taking the grass up and putting an artificial surface down. You know, I think there was, a, there was a lot of fuss about nothing. Where you could argue Rangers might have had a cause for concern was the narrowing of the indoor drill stadium pitch. However, Alwa used the rules to their advantage. They applied to the SPFL to have the pitch narrowed, were told they could do so and did so. So Rangers presumably were aware of that long before Saturday. So it's up to them if they choose to train at Murray Park by narrowing the pitch, then they're up to speeding it. So I think Alo were quite cute the way they did it, but they did nothing wrong. Having seen the game, it certainly didn't seem to pose Rangers any problems because they utterly dominated it. And sure. ironically, although it was a tighter pitch, Alawa couldn't get near Rangers for long periods. But Listen, uh, if you've got good players, it doesn't matter whether the pitch is 70 yards wide or 40 yards wide. If you've got good players, they'll find space. Rangers have got better players than Alawa. They didn't drop two points because of the pitch. They dropped the two points. You may just call it, call it bad luck, but... They didn't, it wasn't because of the pitch. You quite rightly point out as well, it's not as if Alawa changed the pitch just for this game. They announced their intention several weeks ago. Do you think when Mark Warburton expressed his unhappiness with it, the Alawa chairman, Mike Mulraney, probably did he chuckle to himself? Oh, absolutely. Mark Warburton played right into Alawa's hands. As, Ma- as Mike Mulraney said last week, Alawa are trying to seek an advantage here. So what? That's what... That's what football clubs do. He did absolutely nothing wrong. As you say, I'm sure he was having a, a wry chuckle about the whole thing. I had to laugh at the Alawa manager, Jack Ross, after the game. He quickly made the point. He said, we've got a difficult one uh, next Sunday against Hibs. It's a wider pitch we've got to play on. It was quite a nice little line to just sum it up. You know, Alawa have narrowed the pitch, but they haven't narrowed it for one game. They're going to be playing on that pitch to, to deny opposi- opposition players space. So... They'll be going to be doing that in every home game between now and the end of the season. They have to adapt. So why shouldn't other teams have to adapt? I must admit, I'm a, I don't know about you, I'm a traditionalist, I prefer grass, but I think the Hamilton chairman, Les Gray, made a very good point the other day. How often do you see grass pitches that are dangerous, that are in a terrible condition? Well, the, the, valid the, point, I think. The, this, this point that Les Gray made when I spoke to him, that he and Kilmarnock and Montrose and Queen of the South and Falkirk and Hallow and all these other clubs who have artificial surfaces are put through stringent tests on a regular basis. It's like dope testing. People turn up to test them with no advance warning just to make sure there's a bounce factor. If there's not a bounce factor, they have to put more pellets or sand down on the surface. If the ball doesn't roll properly, it has to be looked at. There is nothing on a grass park. The referee can turn up, have a look and say game on or game off. There are no tests whatsoever for grass uh, along those lines. So Lesgrave's point is that there should be tests that are uniform for every surface, whether it's grass or artificial, and he has a point. You know Lesgrave better than anyone, and would Lesgrave have also been upset at almost the kind of subtle implication that he's not particularly caring about player welfare. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, a club like Hamilton Aki's are a cornerstone of the club's philosophy is helping people who are in difficult circumstances. They do a lot of work, you know. At the times when football players aren't training in the park, you know, they have lots of drug addiction counselling, depression 
counselling at the park. A lot of things like that are going on at a New Douglas Park when there's no football involved. So, the, as you say, the implication that he's playing fast and loose with people's welfare and health, particularly young people, because a lot of the time it's young kids who are training on that pitch, that would certainly irk him. If, he never said it to me, but it, it would certainly irk him if there was a suggestion that was the case. You probably feel that... A, they, they probably don't get enough credit for all the, the projects that you talk about, the, the very worthy projects and the, the very good work behind the scenes. But the pitch is also a means for a cheap pot shot at Hamilton as well. Mm. You'll probably, probably perceive that. Oh, absolutely. But I think we're still at a time of uh, artificial services development in Scotland that anyone who puts them down is aware of that. They're going to be criticised for it. Now, I am not, for the avoidance of doubt, I am not a professional footballer. But I have walked across Hamilton surface, and it seems to me perfectly lush. This suggestion that they are uh, like carpets is completely incorrect. There's plenty of give on the surface. You know, you do sink into it. Now, I'm the first to agree, in a perfect world, we love to play every game on grass. It's not possible in this country. So get with the programme. It's here to stay. Live with it. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. Of course, as a former manager of the Scottish Football Writers team, Kenny, you did pick me this season to play at New Douglas Park and I embarrassed myself, but it was completely nothing to do with the pitch, Kenny. Well, I think I think that's the thing. I'm glad that you brought that up rather than me. <laughs> Every managerial appointment is fraught with issues. But uh, no, I, th- I think, as you say, I mean, you've played on it, which is more than I have done. And it's certainly, uh, I think it's certainly up to standard. I thought it was a terrific pitch. And uh, I had every sympathy with your selection because I know picking me on grass or artificial poses equal concern for you, Ken. Again, I bow to your superior knowledge. (laughs) Before we sign off, we we have to give mention to Falkirk. They're still hanging on in there. 2-2 draw on Saturday that Peter Houston no doubt will be disappointed with. They led twice. Do Falkirk get the credit they deserve for what they've done in the Championship this season, do you think? They obviously don't. I mean, I like Peter Houston as a guy, and I think he's a terrific coach. I also liked his honesty after the game on Saturday when he described them as rubbish. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish a few more managers who whose teams had been rubbish would just come out and say so. No, I think he does a great job. He's in an unfortunate position this season with Rangers and Hibs, two powerhouses in the same league. However, when the playoffs come, Falkirk will have a big part to, to play in them. And you would not rule out Falkirk going up through the playoffs. Well, top two might be just beyond them, but they could certainly determine who wins the title. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I say, once they get in the playoffs, it's a bit of a lottery. The team from the Championship has to play the second bottom team in the Premiership. But they could have a big say in it yet. Kenny, thank you very much for your thoughts. Pleasure. <laughs> 